0: Psalm 23 is such a beautiful psalm, isn't it? And it's beautiful because it talks about, in honesty, the ups and the downs of life. You know, we've all been through times where we're sitting beside still waters and it's just beautiful and we don't want to leave. But we also all know times where we've been through the valleys of the shadows. And we just say, Lord, get me out of here. This is horrible. And the Lord is faithful and has taken us through. Today we're going to be encouraged because Sanjay's with us and uh, come up Sanjay and he's going to share, he's been asking to share his testimony about what God has done in his life and uh, as he shared it with me ages ago, uh, it's just been a real blessing to know Sanjay. Sanjay, uh, I'm not going to say too much because otherwise I may say something you're going to say but we had an amazing privilege last Easter of uh, baptizing his wife and his sister-in-law in in the baptismal pool on Easter Sunday. And uh, that's part of the story, but he's gonna share today. So let's just pray for him as, uh, as he shares. Lord, we wanna thank you for Sanjay, for his life. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement that we can receive. Each one of us has a story from you. It's not our story, Lord, it's your story about what you have done in and through us. On our own, we can do nothing. But with you, when we are weak, you make us strong. And Lord, as we hear Sanjay's story or your story through Sanjay today, Lord, may it be such an encouragement to us. I know it will be. And Lord, speak through him today. Speak through the words that you have given to him to say and the experiences that you have led him through. The still waters and the valleys. And Lord, may they speak through your spirit into our hearts and give us the encouragement and the, whatever you want to say to us, Lord, we're here and we're waiting and we're listening to you. So Lord, speak to him, use him as your instrument in your hands as he shares your story of how you have kept him and worked in and through him in his life. We thank you and we praise you in the name of Christ. Amen. God bless.
1: It's an absolute privilege to to be here today to speak about what God has done in my life and to encourage each and every one of you through my testimony it's not what I have done but it is what God has done in my life and all glory and all honor goes to him but before that before I share my message I as I was meditating and asking God God what do I share I know I have a testimony but I know you have something specific that you want to tell each and every one of us today and I was as I was meditating and praying God laid this song in my heart, which is a song that I used to sing when I was a child with my parents. My parents were our ministers. They are back in Sri Lanka. They sing and they worship God. And this is a song which I used to sing with them when I was a child. And my prayer today is that as I say, as I speak, as I am led by the Holy Spirit, that it will be pleasing unto God. Hallelujah.
2: I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, all my soul. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as we honor
1: you, as we speak of your goodness, Lord, as we acknowledge that you're the God who is able to do what is impossible in our lives, that it will be pleasing unto you, Lord, that it will be a sweet, a sweet sound to your ears, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray and for each and every one of us here. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as I speak, As I share of your goodness, that you would speak to each and every one of them in a way which they will understand, in a way that will relate to their situation, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for hope. I pray, Lord, that for any circumstance that they are in, that may seem impossible, that they would have hope. To know, Lord, that you are the God of breakthrough. And that you are going to work all things for their good, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, and I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. It's been almost, it is, over 25 years of knowing God. I've been privileged to be brought up in a family that honoured and worshipped God and put God first in their lives. I can still remember as a child I used to go with my parents because they were worshippers. They were people who used their gifts. They're very talented musicians but they used their gifts to evangelise and to praise God. And so I would go on a Sunday to about three to four different locations because they would be ministering at three or four different services and I would be amazed at what god does i would I would be just so in awe of what my parents would do using their gifts, singing to God, worshipping, really ministering to people through their through their singing and worship and as I was growing up, one of the things that that I, being a Christian was exposed to is the Word of God, like most of us are and I would hear messages from the Bible, the New testament of how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and how Jesus healed a deaf man, how he healed the lepers. And when I used to hear these words, um, these messages from pastors and various preachers, even my parents, when, when we used to share the word of God at home, I would the first thought that would come to my mind is, Lord, this is interesting. This is something which is supernatural. But I didn't see it in my life when I was a child growing up. I didn't see how God would supernaturally um, provide like like in the New Testament. So I had this desire to know more about God. In 2004, that was about 12 years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I was just started working. And I... Came across a book which profoundly impacted me, and that book was about a Chinese missionary who was who by the name of Brother Yun. I don't know if anyone has heard of him, but he um, is a Chinese missionary who was persecuted for his faith and for preaching. And so I came across this book and I started reading the book. And again, when I started reading the book, as I was reading all these amazing testimonies, amazing. Um, stories about how God had supernaturally helped him in so many situations. Again, I just felt this hunger for God. I was like, God, this is amazing. This is what you do with a, a normal human being in in our day and age. And I said, Lord, I want to experience. I want to experience. I want, I want to have a supernatural experience. I want to know You the way Moses did. The way Abraham did. I want to have an encounter with you. And as I was reading this book, there are certain stories which was just baffling. It was, I mean, if you're an atheist, you would just say it's a story. But as a Christian who believes in, in God and a God who can raise people from the dead, a God who can do the supernatural, I knew this was true. This was God's hand upon this man's life. And as I was preparing for today, I was just going through and really researching on, on, on this, this missionary. And one of the most fascinating stories, which I felt the Lord wanted me to share this specific story today, was when he was imprisoned. He was in a high-security prison uh, for 13 years. Because the reason for that was purely because he was sharing the gospel. So, so this man was obviously tortured, and you know, he had to endure so much. And this, obviously, um, a prison, which is high security, it's, you know, you, there's no way out. There's no hope. And this man said he had no hope. I mean, he believed in God, but when the years kept going, I mean, it was one, two, three, four, five, it was humanly impossible for him to endure. And there were times in his life where he just wanted to give up. But he got a word from God saying that one morning, you're going to be free. But still, years passed, and that was just one word that he had from God. And years passed, and he did not experience, or he, well, he didn't get freed. So time went, and he one day said, he went down on his knees, and, and this is something he would do quite occasionally, but one morning, he went down on his knees, and he said, God, I have had it. He said, I am absolutely disappointed You said something, you haven't done it, and I am at this point, just want to die. Just take me home now. I'd rather go to heaven and not experience all this pain than to just be in this solitary cell. And at that time, when he was praying to God, he says that Jesus appeared to him in the cell. And Jesus said, son, this is the time for you to leave. And he says, he, was, he knew that from where he was to the main road, there were so many doors, and he knew this is impossible. But Jesus said, stand up and walk out. And there were so many doors, he said, and each door has security guards on each side. And when he started walking, as soon as he started walking, the first door opened and the security guards just looked away, and he kept going from door to door. And, and God would supernaturally open the doors, and he came to the point where he came to, the, came to the backyard, and there he said there were about 40 soldiers coming towards him, and they just didn't see him. And he walked through and he came outside where a taxi was waiting for him. And the rest is history. He's an evangelist, he's proclaiming the gospel. And when I when when I ask God, God, why do you want me to share this this specific story with this congregation today? And God confirmed to me by reminding me of a scripture that He spoke to me about last year, and that scripture is Revelation three eight. The Revelation three eight says, I know your works, see I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut. For you have little strength. I've kept my word. I've not denied my name. What I felt the Lord saying today to each and every one of you is that God is opening a door. And he's going to open a door that no man can shut. And when I heard this story of how this guy walked through doors which were almost impossible for man to open, but God supernaturally opened those doors. But God Wanted me to share with you all is that he is going to open doors that no man can open. And when he opens doors, it's going to be so supernatural that, that it is going to be just unprecedented. So I believe God is going to, you have entered a season of God opening doors. No more striving. No more tears. No more praying for hours and hours. This is a season. God has seen your works. God has seen your faith. He has seen your persistence. He has seen your faithfulness. And he is going to reward you for that. So I really believe that we have entered a season of open doors. Where God is going to open doors. It's not not going to be a season of striving. But it's going to be a, a season where God himself is going to come into your situation and open doors. Amen. So as I was reading this book, and I was really meditating on on scripture. This was way back in 2004. Um, At that time, I was a part of a church, and I I had such a hunger for God. I said, God, I want to experience supernatural. No more reading the Bible and doing the religious thing, coming to Sunday, every church, and just, you know, going through the process. I want to experience God, and I want to experience God. I want to have an encounter. So I went to my pastor and I told my pastor, pastor, I want to experience God. And he said, Sanjay, that's amazing. That's very good. You need to have that hunger and passion for God. And he prayed for me. And so I I just spent time in prayer. I said, God, I want to know you. I want to encounter you. So I would get up at five in the morning, spend hours and hours in prayer and and really, really focus on God and, and, and just really spending time in prayer and reading the word of God. So, one day as I was I was working in a bank at that time in Sri Lanka, and as I was going back home, I don't know if, has, has anyone been to Asia, India, Sri Lanka, any Asian country? Okay, excellent. Has anyone seen people, how they get into buses? Yeah? Have you seen anyone running and getting to a bus? Yes? Absolutely. Excellent. So, um, that's... The norm back home, so a lot of a lot of why people do that is buses tend to stay for ages in 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 one location and you would get about four or five buses um, that would go to the same place, but they would just stay for ages so people tend to get stay outside the bus and then run and jump in as soon as the bus starts moving, which is obviously not not um, not good it 's not safe, but that 's what's common back home so I used to do that as well, you know so one day, I was at the bus station. I was just two bus stops away from home, and as, as usual, I was waiting for a bus to move. And one bus started moving, so I thought to myself, "Let me start walking towards the entrance of the bus." And as I was walking towards the entrance of the bus, the bus started moving even faster. So I thought, "Let me run towards the bus." So I did run, and. I remember running and trying to jump and get, hold on to the bar so that I can just get into the bus, but that's all I remembered. All I remembered was trying to run and jump into a bus, and that was it. it was just I couldn't remember anything afterwards. So when that happened, I remember running, and that was it. It was just a complete blank out afterwards. I don't know how many minutes later. I can remember being on, in the middle of the road, on the floor, breathing extremely hard, and I had no, I had no idea what had happened. I was on the floor, and I could. When I opened my eyes, I remember seeing a crowd of people around me, and they were all apprehensive. But there was a crowd around me. They were they were they had they had no idea what whether I was dead. You know or alive, so as i as I opened my eyes and I sat up, I just felt such an unbelievably horrible pain on my in my spine and my back and and i my my vision was completely it wasn 't normal i was it was just yellow in color and and I knew something radically wrong had happened, but i didn 't know what it was, so as soon as I sat up, three guys just came in carried me and took me... Has anyone seen a trishaw in Asia? Those three-wheelers, which are quite small. They took me in a trishaw, and as they carried me again, I felt such, I mean, indescribable pain in my spines. And they carried me, and they took me to a public hospital. And as I was given to um, the nurses... The responsibility. As I was as I entered the hospital, the nurses looked at me because I didn't have any well blood or any any external injuries, which, are obvious, they started yelling at me because they, the the triage guys had basically said that I would try to get into a bus, and you know as a result of this, I am obviously injured. So they were yelling at me. You know they were really really unkind. Anyway, they took me to a ward and just left me there. And this happened at 6 p.m. Until till 1.30 in the afternoon, no one came to see me, in the sense, no doctor. And as I lay there, I just felt so uncomfortable. And my parents, thankfully, came in the night, that very night, to see me. And as I lay there in the bed, I just felt hopeless because I knew something radically was wrong. So at that time, one of our pastors in our church, who is a doctor as well, came to see me the next day. And he looked at me and, and told my mom your son is seriously ill because he's, he has turned almost blue and that, that's an indication that he's losing a lot of blood internally. And my parents knowing the system, the state hospital had to make a decision to either keep me there or transfer me to a private hospital which was very, very expensive. So I was stranded to a certain extent. I I just felt so alone because no one could stay with me. So I was in my bed and I I just knew that God had to come through for me because I don't know what really has happened. And my mom, she was very strong, but she had heard what exactly had happened to me. And she didn't tell me this, but I heard afterwards, after the whole accident but she said that the bus or she had she was told by bystanders that the bus had gone over my stomach the tire which is a bus which weighs over two tons with over about 100 people in a bus had gone over my abdominal area so when my mom heard this the only thing she heard apparently god say was be still and know that i am god and that's the word that she, she heard consistently throughout that whole ordeal. So as I was in the state hospital, my pastor was a doctor, said to my mum, you have to transfer him to a private hospital. But my mum was, we didn't have, my parents didn't have the money for private hospital because it is extremely expensive and they need a huge deposit to just get you transferred. But my pastor, who was working in that hospital, said, "Don't worry, Shyamie. I will look, look into that. You just transfer him." So I got transferred into a private hospital, and I was sent straight into emergency theatre because they said it was it was you know life and death. And as I was in emergency theatre, as I was rushed into emergency theatre, my my pastor, who's a doctor, was also in the operating theatre, and Apparently, when they cut me open, I had so much of bleeding and blood, they couldn't see an organ, they couldn't see any organ. So, the doctors had told my pastor, we can't do anything, because we can't see anything. So, my pastor said, you have to do something, because there are people praying in the ward right now, and you have to do something. So, these these doctors operated on me, And my injuries were quite um, extensive. It was, my lung was punctured, and as a result of that, I couldn't breathe properly. Uh, Twelve of my ribs were broken. My spleen was completely ruptured um, and had to be removed. And my intestines were ruptured and leaking into my abdomen as well. I was also hemorrhaging into my abdomen. Um, So I was in massive pain, my injuries were extremely serious, my internal injuries, and the doctors didn't have any hope, but my pastor believed that I will come through. So after the operation, they brought me back, and apparently when they operated on me, I had, wasn't responding. So I had flatlined, I was almost dead. I was dead. I had no chance of living, I had died at that moment, and the doctors just did whatever they could. They, you know, they tried, and, and somehow I'd got, come back to life, and they brought me back to the intensive care ward. And at, at that time, um, I, couldn't, I, can't, I couldn't remember a thing, but I remember getting my consciousness back, and when I did, I just felt such a peace from God. I just felt in my heart... Whatever that has happened, God is going to come through for me. That he was going to work all things for my good. So as I lay there in the ward, um, my mom came to me and said, Sanjay, you're going to be fine. But I was in severe pain. I had, I mean, my wife who's a doctor would explain it much better than I have. But I had so much, uh, I was in such severe pain even at that time. And the doctors came to my mom. While I was recovering, and they said, "Shymi, we really don't know what we did. we don't, but the God you have believed or you, you the God you believe has saved your son and and these doctors were not Christian; these are doctors who didn't believe in Jesus, but for them to say, "The God that you believed has saved you was amazing and and when she said that to me, I felt so encouraged. I said, God, you have literally raised me from the dead. I shouldn't be living today. But you have saved me, for you have had mercy on me. And when these doctors, they were, when they came and spoke to me, they were in tears. They said, son, we really didn't do anything. You know, it is your God who has saved you. And I was at a time when, because I was so hungry for God and, and, and had spent so much time building my faith, all that pain was worth it because out of that pain birthed a great testimony, not just to myself or everyone around me, but to those doctors who generally wouldn't believe in healing, saw it with their own eyes, God, the great physician, Operating on me and healing me, so I was in awe of what God had done, and I was at a time where I would just share. There were people who would come to my ward, and I would just share, and I would I would just release faith. I would release. I would say, "God will do. He will work. All things for you for your good. All things are possible through through Christ." And what was interesting is when when I was Put into that private hospital, we didn't have the money, the finances to pay whatever bill um, that we would have to pay. And amazingly, people would just come to our ward and just give money. And my mum never asked anyone. My parents didn't, you know, ask the church that we were involved in to make announcements. People just would come and just say, you know, this is this is for your son. And when I was to be, when I was in the process of being discharged, the bill that we had to pay and the amount that people had given and contributed was exactly the same. So we were not short of any, any, any money at that time. So again, God provides. You know, he will always provide and be encouraged. If you're in a situation where you feel that you don't have the provision, God will provide. And I believe as I speak this word, if you believe, it will happen for you as well. Because God is the same yesterday. Today and forever. So as God provided for us supernaturally, it was a time where I just felt, Lord, I asked for a supernatural experience and I made a mistake and you used that mistake to show me that you're a God who is the same. You're the God who parted the sea and you're the God who will today do the same. You're the God who raised Lazarus from the dead, and he will do the same today. So, I want to encourage you. I'm a, I'm a person who wants the authentic gospel. I am a man who wants to see God's kingdom come and his will be done. And his will is to heal. His will is to provide. His will is to show you favor. His will is to restore your marriage his will is to bring your children back to Him. So He's a God who will do that for you. So as I as I recovered, I mean, even my recovery was a miracle because I had such extensive injuries. Um, my doctors were like, Sanjay, we know that you like to go to the gym, but, you know, don't do anything heavy. Try just to do cardio, you know, take take about a year or two to just, you know, get back to your normal life but within three to six months I was back to where I was before in the sense in terms of my physical health I was absolutely fine and when God does something he restores you know he restores it even better than what it was so he restored my health I was absolutely normal I could squat 100 kilograms and that wouldn't affect me because when God restores he restores you know and God through that testimony, um, I just had the opportunity to share the gospel, to share God's amazing power to many people around me. And my mom, she, she was very strong to through that, to that whole process. And one of the things she kept saying to me, Sanjay, when you were born, God gave me a word saying that you will be a minister, you will serve me. And when I heard that you were run over by a bus, the first thought that came to me was, Xiaomi, my promises to you will always be the same. I promise you that your son will serve you, serve God, serve me, and that a bus cannot stop that. And when, when she heard that word from God, she felt so reassured that despite all the, the situation, despite the odds, that God is going to come through. And I want to encourage each and every one of you. God has spoken, I'm sure, And has given promises to each and every one of you. And sometimes those promises don't come to pass the way we think it should come to pass. Or it doesn't happen in the time we think it should. But I want to encourage you that when God says something, it is an absolute. Because God's word is more powerful than anything else in this world. And when he says, when he promises, it is yes and amen. So... I want to encourage you, remember, remind yourself of what God has said over your lives. I mean, this is what, something what I do. God has given me prophecies which, which, when I think of them, it seems so far out. But I know it is from God, because when He gives a promise, it is far out. Because without Him, we can't do anything. So, I want to encourage each and every one of you. Remind yourself, if God has given you a word, like Mary just meditate on that word and say, "Lord, let it be unto me, Your word." And I want to encourage. I spend time going through those promises. If God has said, "Daughter, your business is going to be a success, and you're going to," you're, God is going to open more doors, or you're going to make amazing profits next year. Remind yourself of those words because those are the words that are going to help you go through those difficult times and finally I just want to yes one more thing that I want to mention is the power of prayer I know it is something which we all are all are are aware of but I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the thousands of people who prayed for me when I was in hospital, there were people who were praying for me from far as Slovenia to Finland to Sri Lanka to everywhere. People were praying. And I know sometimes we don't have as many people pray with, but in the Bible it says, if you, if you look at um, in Matthew, it says that if two come into agreement and pray... And God moves. You don't need thousand. You just need two. And I and I want to encourage you. Pray, pray with someone. Pray in agreement. If things are hard, it always helps to pray with someone. Pray with your spouse, or pray with your friend. Pray with a friend who is like-minded, and pray. Keep praying. I can I can remember when a couple of months ago, me and Ronnie used to pray together, and and that would just bring so much of strength. We would we would experience so much of God. And, and I want to encourage each and every one of you, pray. Pray, read the word, but pray earnestly. So, um, yep, that's my testimony. And I hope each and every one of you were, were encouraged to pursue God and to know that God is there for us. You know, he told Joshua that he will never leave us. Leave him, nor forsake him. So he is with us. Is always with us. We are not alone in this journey. And I want to encourage each and every one of you that God is with us and he is going to fight our battles. And like I said at the beginning, that this is a season of open doors. This is a season where we are going to experience the fullness of God, the fulfillment of promises, and he is going to open doors. Like Brother Yoon experienced that supernatural opening of doors, which from a human mind, is absolutely impossible. God is going to open doors for you. In the name of Jesus, amen.